This is 15 Minute Fundamentals, where we interview core contributors within crypto and gain insights into their day-to-day operations. In our second episode with Perpetual Protocol, an on-chain Perpetual Futures DEX built on optimism, I'm joined by core contributor Jamie Holmes. To cover the basics, decentralized derivatives exchanges are smart contracts-based exchanges that allow users to mint and trade the synthetic versions of different assets globally. On-chain derivatives exchanges bring tokenized representations of all asset classes within the reach of anyone with an internet connection. They bring down the cost of creating derivatives to one function call. Once an asset is represented as a token on-chain, it inherits the advantageous features of blockchains, global liquidity, predefined rules of operation, immutable audit trail, and open source transparency. The derivatives market was initially dominated by order book-based solutions, most of which suffered from low liquidity. Pooled liquidity derivatives exchanges emerged to solve this liquidity bootstrapping problem and have since gone on to facilitating tens of billions in aggregate trading volume. Typically, the primary business model for on-chain derivatives exchanges is to generate revenue by taking a cut of the trading fees paid by traders. That is, the exchanges take a portion of the liquidity provider's revenue. In this episode, we cover the past few months of perpetual protocol, new products and how they work under the hood, we discuss current growth drivers, the market and perps position within it, ensuring security of the protocol, plans for the future, and more. Hello, Jamie. Welcome back to 15 Minute Fundamentals. It's great to have you on again. Hey, thanks for having me. Great to be back. Awesome. It was a few months that we first spoke about Perp, covered all the basics, and you have shipped some cool new products since then. So looking forward to diving into those. But just before we get into that, can you briefly walk us through the last few months of Perp? So what have been kind of your biggest milestones? Yeah, so I suppose the um, biggest milestones can be divided into uh, product-related ones and ecosystem-related ones. So I'll go over the product-related ones first. So Perp recently crossed seven billion dollars in all-time trading volume so that's like a big milestone for us we also had the launch of fee sharing in december 2022 so um v holders have so far uh, earned over three hundred thousand dollars in uh, usdc rewards and that comes from the trading fees so 15 percent goes to v holders and uh more than 10 percent of the perp supply is locked up and earned yield and then um also the vaults which is a recent release of ours so it's an expansion of our mission to become like a trustless trading platform and the perpetual future futures decks is still like our core focus but we're launching vaults that are built on top of perp to democratize alpha basically for passive traders who you know may not want to risk getting burned by leverage trading and uh just catering to those people who you know just want to hold and earn a return uh, we also listed two new markets dogecoin and um, optimism's op token and uh, we also added usdt as a new collateral type and then with respect to our ecosystem we had this cool tool built called the trading view connector and it was built by a community member and uh, basically allows you to automate trading strategies through the popular charting platform trading view so you can even create your own strategies with pine script or use other people's strategies and then automate them on perps decks and then we also had our partner t house finance they released an lp vault so basically it just automates the market making process and uh, compounds like the fees and rewards from liquidity mining program so it's a bit of a high risk high reward vault and that creates and manages liquidity positions for you and then another cool kind of ecosystem project was uh, built by Component Finance. It's called PerpSim. So basically what that does is help makers backtest and visualize their liquidity positions. And it just shows the amount of fees you can earn for a certain price range and uh, the liquidation price and just giving makers all the info that they need. And it's all wrapped up into an alternative front end. Awesome. Definitely sounds like you guys have been really busy. And with all the new features and markets that you've shipped, then that definitely does attract some more usage. And on that topic, if we look at your metrics, we can see that since the beginning of this year, they've been trending up slow and steady, which is always nice to see. So can you share a bit more context to what you see as the main drivers behind this momentum? Yeah, I think there's been a buzz around like decentralized exchanges 
you know, with the collapse of like these large centralized players in the crypto ecosystem. So I think that's been a big driver and that's something that's brought a lot of attention to Perp, like renewed interest from existing community members and also bringing in new users as well. And then I think there's a lot of buzz around optimism, the L2 that were based on because of like the second airdrop that they had. And then also Coinbase's uh, base announcement and uh, just the the progress that Optimism have been making as an L2. And uh, as Perp is the protocol with the most transactions on this layer 2, naturally we've seen an influx of new users from that as well. And then I think as well, like the start of a new year, it's like a psychological reset in people's minds and uh, there's more trading activity happening now following like the, the crash at the end of last year. So I think the outlook was a lot bleaker. But now it's kind of not as bleak, so people are trading more. And uh, yeah, people have been trading mostly Ethereum, Bitcoin, uh, Solana, and OP. And these are like our really popular markets that are driving a lot of volume. Now, last time we spoke, you had just launched something called Lazy River. And then December last year, you put out Lazy River 2.0. Can you explain the basics of what Lazy River is and how it works? And then also the updates that you introduced with 2.0. Okay, sure. Yeah, so Lazy River is basically the, the name for our staking program on optimism so the main change from version one to version two was the, the introduction of fee sharing so 15 percent of the trading fees are directed to v perp holders so 15 percent of the weekly trading fees sorry are directed to v perp holders and then basically how it works is that a snapshot of um, v perp balances are taken every thursday at midnight utc and then the following thursday V perp holders will receive their payout in usdc based on the trading fees for that week and then also to incentivize the lock-in of PERP, Lazy River 2.0 also offers VPERP rewards as well, which is equivalent to 10% of the fees generated every week, but it's not paid from the trading fees, it's paid from the ecosystem portion of the PERP supply. So yeah, you can earn like real yield and you just need some PERP tokens on Optimism. You go to token.perp.com and then you lock in the amount. So you can lock up for up to 52 weeks. So similar to Curve's model, like with VECRV. So they can lock up to uh, four years, but for the maximum lock time for PERP is a lot shorter. It's only 52 weeks. And then the more PERP you lock up or the longer you lock up for, the more VPUP you receive and then the more VPUP you have, the, the higher the share of the fees that you can earn as well. Got it. Then at a bit of a more technical level, I'd love to understand the smart contract infrastructure to the extent of what the most relevant and important smart contracts are related to Lazy River. Sure, yeah. So there's four smart contracts relevant to Lazy River 2.0. So the first one is called the surplus beneficiary con contract and that basically determines the share of surplus fees which is basically the 20% of trading fees and then the rest go to LP. So the remainder less left over of how it's directed to, uh, to token holders. So we had a community vote for our governance forum and they basically decided that 75% of the surplus fees should go to token holders and then 25% should go to the treasury. And then the other important smart contract is the USDC fee distributor. So this is actually forked from Curve Finance and it works in a similar way. And then basically it's a share in the protocol fees with the VPUP holders. And it's basically um, just modified for our purposes at Perpetual Protocol. And then also there's the VPUP emission distributor contract so this is also forked from curve and then that just helps distribute the uh, vperp staking rewards in a similar way to the usdc staking rewards and then the final contract is the vperp 
token contract itself. So when you're locking perp, you, you're receiving vote escrowed perp. So basically that contract just returns you that V perp token in and when you lock up some perp tokens, basically. Got it. So perp captures 25% of the surplus fees in Lazy River. How about in the big picture? What's the percentage of fees that currently go to the protocol's treasury? It's 25% of the fee surplus. So overall, it's 5% of the fees go to the treasury, 15% to uh, V perp holders, and then 80% to the liquidity providers. Got it. And then on to another product. Just last week, you put out a new product called Hot Tub Vaults. To cover the basics, can you explain what that is and how it works? The vaults basically just help crypto users, uh, whether they're new to the space or experienced, to, to access on-chain alpha and uh, basically earn a steady yield in a trustless way. So the yields are better than staking ETH, but it's also a secure and transparent alternative to centralized finance. Got it. And then at a very practical level, how would you describe the core problem that this product solves? So where does the demand come from? The core problem is that people are looking for yield. And, you know, a lot of the times the source of the yield may not be sustainable or, you know, it might be with a centralized entity. So then you've got like counterparty risk. So the problem that product is basically solving is just like giving crypto users an easy way to earn yield as well. And in a way that's trustless. That makes sense. Definitely a problem worth solving then. Um, uh, same question as for Lazy River. Can you give a quick overview of the smart contract infrastructure for hot tub vaults as well yeah so there's two vaults and they both share like similar contracts so the first contract is basically the vault contract itself so that's the entry point for users and that's like most where most of the logic including like the shares calculation and that sort of thing is is done and then you have the perp position manager which is basically the vault um opening positions on perp to hedge against the spot holdings basically. So it's doing the perpetual future side of the trade. There's also the token as well. So it's like an LP token feature of the vault. So once you deposit some wrapped ETH or USDC, you receive these LP tokens in return to represent your share of the vault. And then on top of the individual vault contracts, there's a couple other contracts that interact with both the vaults. So there's the arbitrager contract. So basically that will buy and sell on the perp decks and on spot decks. And if, it, if the transaction succeeds and there's a profit it, then that profit is going to be automatically transferred to um, hot tub depositors and then also there's the vault configuration so that's just managing like configuration across the vaults including like um, the whitelisted addresses and, and that sort of thing and then what are the current economics of hot tub and how will perp capture value so at the moment there's no fees and it's for a limited time um, only so that's just to encourage people to use the product and test it out and also for us to like gain feedback as well but eventually we'll be charging performance fee and an annual management fee so so that's how we will accrue value from that. Also, the vaults will also help drive volume on the exchange as well because we're doing arbitrage between perpetual futures markets on perp and in spot markets um, on optimism. So places like Uniswap and Moneyinch. So with higher volume, that means higher fees being generated. And that's just one of the ways that we can attract more LPs and traders and uh, deepen liquidity on the decks as well. And not just that as well, the, um, the vault product itself can be expanded to other crypto assets. So currently it's doing arbitrage for the Ethereum market only, but we could expand that to other crypto assets to bring in more fee revenue and improve liquidity for different pairs on our decks. Makes sense. And as you're shipping these new products and putting out new contracts, I'd be very keen on hearing about your process for developing new contracts internally, and especially from the perspective of how you ensure the technical, economic, and operational security of Perpetual Protocol. When the teams develop in new smart contracts, there's a practice that they take is called um, pair programming. So developers pair up and work together on certain tasks. We also do a lot of testing and um, internal audits, external audits. And uh, we also have a bug bounty 
sovereignty with immune fire for a quarter of a million dollars. And then as for economic security, it is a bit of a difficult topic, but we have a lack of dedicated security researcher focusing solely on this area. And then we also get a lot of input from white hat hackers who have helped us in the past to find and fix bugs as well. And then with regards to operational security, so there's a variety of monitoring services that we use, such as like Datadog and uh, Grafana. And then there's a page duty as well for the team. So we have an on-call rotation, which rotates every week. And uh, basically the job of the person that's on call is just to just to be around when anything unexpected happens and just to like uh, address the problem. So it could be like unusual bad debt or, you know, very low liquidity of the collateral types that we support. But yeah, thankfully, Perp has been consistently secure and it's never been hacked. So a lot of that actually comes down to the team's kind of dedication to security. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty good security framework. And it's good to hear that you're on top of things because there is no more important topic than security in crypto. But let's move on to speak about the market a bit in general uh, and your position within it. How are you looking at the market size and potential for what you're building? And how do you want perp to be positioned in the future we see our main competitors as centralized exchanges and you know the market size is in the order of billions so perp we're, we're aiming for a significant share of that so currently we're doing around 30 million dollars in volume per day so there's a lot of room to grow but the overall vision is that centralized exchanges will eventually plug into DeFi, and uh, DeFi will become more dominant so you know this vision is becoming a lot clearer with like coinbase's base announcement you know they're building a layer two using optimism's op stack and then also if you look at like uniswap they've seen great success in the spot market and they're rivaling centralized exchanges and basically we're gonna try to replicate that both on-chain derivatives but um yeah given they're more like complex products than spot trading it, i think it will just take a bit a bit longer to get there and i think the main advantage of perp as compared to other exchanges is composability and um that's what that's what we're really striving for like to grow an ecosystem around perp and then another important point as well is the price discovery for crypto markets at the moment mostly happens on centralized exchanges so price discovery basically means like where the auction is happening and uh, where the price is being determined and then if you look at like look back at like mount gox it was a dominant exchange and the market was like entirely relying on it and then obviously we've progressed since then but we're still kind of relying on a few centralized entities right so basically this shows us like the broader opportunity for for perp is that we're kind of helping crypto market to become more resilient and uh, by chipping away at that centralized exchange dominance and then i think in the future you know most of the price discovery will happen on venues that are like transparent fully on chain like perp because um DeFi is much more efficient and uh, it's much more transparent so there's less scope for market manipulation we've spoke a lot about what the drivers behind your increase in momentum have been from the beginning of this year. But if we take more of a future-oriented view into this thing, what do you see as being your biggest growth drivers moving forward and, of course, possible challenges on that front as well? Sure, yeah, I'll start with the drivers. So I think a big driver is the work that our business development team does. Um, so they've onboarded a lot of new market makers. They're in the process of onboarding more market makers, so that helps to create like deeper liquidity and a better experience for traders and then kind of bringing us up to par with like centralized exchanges and we also have a lot of interest in partnerships coming up and many of them we're just waiting for them to deploy onto optimism so as that ecosystem grows so do the opportunities for perps growth given that composability is like a major focus and a major strength of perp and then as well as the work that our bd team does another growth driver is the success enjoyed by optimism as a layer two so far so we've had the op airdrops you know a lot of users on this l2 
will eventually make their way to Perk. We saw like an uptick in usage and attention following Coinbase's base announcement. And then there's the buzz around the OP token itself, which has kind of driven a lot of volume on Perk. I think it's like the third most traded market consistently. And then the other driver as well, I think, is the, the Lazy River 2.0 staking, simply because it creates like a virtuous cycle where as the trading fees go up, so do the earnings for stakers. So stakers or token holders, they're basically aligned with like the long-term success of the protocol. And now they have like a really strong incentive to bring more volume to the platform as well. So with that tokenomics overhaul that was completed in December of last year, any perp holder can now benefit from like the fee sharing and our updated referral program as well. And yeah, I'd say it's brought in a lot of new users and then also reignited interest from people who have been around for much longer. And then I'd say another main driver will be the vaults. That's our main focus at the moment. We're still at the core like a perp dex but um, the vaults is just like a part of moving downstream and catering to more like passive and less sophisticated traders. So with the vaults recently released and the upcoming vaults that we plan to release, really illustrating the, the strength, like the pro the composability of the protocol and uh, tapping into new audiences and helping new users to earn yield, like very little risk. The main challenges are, so basically PERP can be described as like a virtual AMM model. So sort of sitting in between like an order book model, you know, like DYDX and then a peer to pool model like GMX. So I think the, the advantage of our model is that we're highly composable and we can list like long tail assets. So we can list pretty much any asset because it's so, it's very similar to Uniswap V3. But then the difficulty is that it's, it's a lot harder to market make on, on Perpetual Protocol. But I think as more research is done into Uniswap V3, and, you know, concentrated liquidity is quite a new concept. I think it should become less of an issue over time. And uh, our team is also working on some innovative ways we can bring liquidity on chain. So you'll probably hear more about that in the future. And then I think some of the other challenges are like matching centralized exchanges in terms of brand awareness and features and ease of use. And yeah, I think anyone who's interested in crypto knows that DEXs are the future but I think it will take some time to offer a similar or better experience. Although like we're slowly, but surely getting closer to that. And yeah, everyone's heard of like Binance, Coinbase or Crypto.com, but the masses are just less familiar with DeFi derivatives. And this is something that will just take, take more time, I think. And then as well as being a driver, it's also a challenge for being on Optimism since that's the only chain we're deployed on. So perp success is somewhat dependent on the success of Optimism as an L2. And yeah, anyone who's involved in the space know that, you know, there's so many L2s and it's really competitive and there are many different and interesting approaches being taken. But I will say our team is really confident in the long-term vision of Optimism and they've been executing really well so far. So we'll have to give them their dues. We also strongly support like their commitment to like open source software and funded public goods. That's something we really identify with. And, you know, with the bedrock upgrade and OP stack imminent, you know, it's really, it's an exciting time to be in, in the ecosystem. And I think the, the race for like the L2 dominance is, is far from over. And then I'd say a final challenge maybe is like educating users as well. And this is an important challenge, uh, not just for us as a protocol, but, you know, for the, for the whole sector. So the principle of like decentralization might not click in people's heads straight away. And uh, if a newcomer comes into the space and they won't burned by FTX, then they might not even care about decentralization. So even going forward, we might have people still falling in that same trap and having a false sense of security um, using a centralized exchange because it's easy to use or it has 
a great re reputation, but you know, the importance and brilliance of crypto is like the decentralization, you know, it allows you to store and send value in, in a sovereign way. Got it. Thank you. You covered some really good points there on both the uh, drivers and challenges side. Awesome stuff. Now to wrap this interview up, I just have one final question and that is what's next for Perp? We've covered a lot of topics in this interview, touched on some aspects of your roadmap already, but if you could just summarize that and share any additional insights you have to your mid to long term plans that would be great the focus mainly is on the hot tub vaults right now so as i mentioned before it's executing like an automated arbitrage strategy for the ethereum market on optimism so the, the plans for the future is basically to refine and improve that strategy as much as we can to make it as profitable as possible and then also that includes um, increasing the cap because currently there's a cap on the vaults so we can make it accessible to more people and then you know we can also expand this to other assets or even other chains so it could be like arbitrage in between optimism and another for layer two and then as well as like you know expanding this arbitrage uh, sort of vault we're also looking at different types of vaults as well so uh, other non-directional vaults that people can use if they don't want to take on any risk also directional vaults as well if they want to express like a bearish or bullish view on ethereum or other assets or it could even be like funding rate arbitrage which would be non-directional between like different perp dexes i'd say like another focus as well would be like the security as well already we think our protocol is is pretty secure but we can always do more to harden the protocol make it as resilient as possible so there's basically three major updates that are coming so the first one would be the mark price update so this is basically just calculating uh the price for margin requirements and liquidations in a fairer way so currently we use a seven minute time weighted average price but if the price of a market moves very quickly then the time weighted average price will take some time to catch up to that so with the mock price update we're just making the price like kind of more flexible and more responsive so it just re results in a better experience for traders and then the other two improvements so there's also improving the accuracy of the funding rate so that just results in like a more favorable funding rate for traders you know just eliminates some um, like extreme funding rates and just making it a lot smoother and then the third and final one is the fallback oracle so basically we just put this in place where if chain link goes down we use the oracles from uniswap because we're based on Uniswap, we can use it directly from our pools, our Uniswap pools. And uh, yeah, if, if Chainlink ever goes down or, or submits bad data, then we can use this fallback Oracle. And then basically, as well as making the protocol more, more secure, one of the side effects of that as well is that we can potentially increase the leverage parameter down the line. So at the moment, the maximum leverage is like 10x. But then once we've improved these, um, maybe security improvements, then we can think about increasing that to like maybe something like 15 next, starting small and then gradually increasing it over time. But um, this is probably something we'll put to a community vote as well. And then, yeah, apart from that as well, we're also looking to add new markets for people to trade or market make. So we'll probably be adding GMX very soon and um, Arbitrum's ARP token as well. And then on top of that, we'll probably be looking to add more collateral types as well. You know, recently we saw USDC lose its peg and uh, a lot of people want to see more decentralized collateral types maybe like um, synthetics susd and liquidities lusd so i think staked eth as well is still kind of in the works for a collateral type and um we recently increased the collateral weight for um, usdt so it's now basically equivalent to using usdc on the platform so previously it had a weight of 90 percent, but now it has a weight of 100 percent. so we've increased that just to give traders like more choice and just to be more resilient as well awesome that sounds like a solid roadmap lots of things going on can't wait to see how everything develops thank you so much jamie for taking the time to give us uh, the latest update from everything at perp it's always a pleasure speaking with you thanks no problem thanks a lot